Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I, Dina. The podcast where we go through the filmography of the world's most underrated actresses. <laughs> Currently, we're talking about Adina Menzel. Here we have joining us, Mr. Craig Long. Wait, this isn't the meeting of the Mary Mount Harry Potter Club? And Gina Casali. Wait, this isn't Pat Simon's office? <laughs> And today we are talking about Rent, released on Broadway in 1996, released on home video in 2006, starring Adina Menzel, and probably the subject of my hyperfixation from ages 10 to 14. I don't know how you guys feel. Just kidding. I know. We all love Rent. Let's talk about it. Yeah, if you don't like Rent and you're listening to this, that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, just so everyone knows, this is a rent love podcast, not a rent hate podcast. Sorry, rent head. We're all rent heads, right? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of half and half. I'm sorry. Okay, I thought, okay, Gina's the only one here with a musical theater. It's because I was the worst MT in Marymount, Manhattan. Like, I would take a swig of vodka before singing for juries. So, and now she is. Vodka loosens up the throat. She's our personal authority on musical theater. Right, I'll give you all the worst advice. Or we're actually, you know, we're, <laughs> takes, we're Sam and I takes. your personal authorities on musical theater in college, even though we weren't majors and you were. I was just scrolling like Alphaba in our dorm room, and then S- Sultana subtweeted me. <laughs> no, we don't have to get into that. Okay, let's get into it. We're talking about Wicked next week. Okay, <laughs> we're, I thought it was just like Adele Dazim. Like rent. We are talking about Adele Dazim herself. Right, right, right. This is her breakout role, actually. Um, so, Gina, now that we're, we're talking to you, Gina, okay. what is your history with Rent? I think the first time I saw Rent, I was in middle school, and I saw, like, a, a middle school production of it. And, like, my, cr- my crush from theater camp was Roger. And, oh. and then this other girl from theater camp who was like the popular girl was me and me. And I like just sat in the audience because it was like a, you know, Long Island community theater production. I sat in the audience and I like sobbed because they just like, they made out a lot. And <laughs> was this and... like a school edition where it was just the first act? And no, then, it, like, was, it was of all of it. It was actually pretty good. I was like, I was surprised. They did really like everything imaginable. This is and the school edition where they sing like two fajitas instead of to dildos in La Vie Boheme, right? Two fajitas. <laughs> no, it's um. They ha- uh, I wish they did. To leather to latex. Wait, okay. is that still a lyric? Never mind. <laughs> no, I, didn't know I, I really middle schoolers were allowed it. to know what latex was either. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was really like Wrap it, up. it was my awakening for like all of the. For theater? For, well, no, the the type of theater that was, like, controversial. Like, then I got into Spring Awakening, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is the step. That is the through line. Yeah. You get into the rent, rent to Spring Awakening pipeline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Craig, what's your history with rent? Be brief. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, my, my oldest sister is a lesbian. Uh, fun fact, I told my best friend that by saying, I was texting her and I was sobbing because I was so nervous she wouldn't want to be friends with me because she's Catholic. Um, and <laughs> I, so I said, my sister's a Maureen. <laughs> 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 like a, I'm a Maureen. But, um, 
anyway, so uh, my sister's ex-girlfriend actually gave me a copy of the movie because she really loved it when she was a teenager. And she's like, oh, you like musicals? Like, you, you would really like this. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I would. Like, watched it that night. And uh, my life was, like, set in stone for the rest of my life because I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, then I ended up being, I played Mark in Rent twice. I, in two different school editions. Two so different, jealous. Are um, you so Mark? jealous? Yeah. I, I, you know that's my dream role. Everyone here should know that. I actually thought it was, Britta Filter played Mark. Um, in drag? <laughs> that's all you're saying. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is, actually, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's actually true. But yeah, it was, it was a really, really, really important piece to me. Piece to use that pretentious term mm-hmm. um just because i had never like Judah said i had never like it it was the first thing time that i was like oh musicals can talk about things that like we don't usually talk about or like when you're 14 you don't you think are is really cool and edgy like gay people and like people in other <laughs> like drag queens and i think i found rent i think i did watch the movie first when it came out well i watched it after it came out but all I remember is like for my 13th birthday, I got a DVD copy of the final Broadway show of Rent, which was that year, I think it was 2008. The superior so version, I, I might have. Yeah, it really is. I, I really wanted to watch that for this. And I'm like, oh wait, Adina Menzel's not in that. Uh, it's Eden Espinosa, which, come on. They should just had Adina do it. But um, no shade, Eden. But- um, She's a chair. Yeah, like, Renee Spoulsberry how... as Mimi, come on. So she fucking is so good. good. And, but now forever because of that, I associate rent with the taste of ice cream M&M cake because it was my 13th birthday. And all I did for like a week was eat my cake and watch rent final Broadway show um, and perform out tonight on my banister. Um, which I did as well. Yeah, so for me, Rent was very seminal. And then of course the pipeline was bringing back and all that. But you know, I think Rent is, remains to this day. It's such an, it's, I think it's so important for people like our age. I don't know how relevant it is to people um, younger than us. Cause I feel like Spring Awakening did come along and also like whatever, is relevant after that I'm, I'm I don't know but like bear people in the 90s bear. sure but That's, never to the level yeah. of, never to the level of rent though you know like you have like 90s people who were there when rent first came out and then like millennials turn of the century middle schoolers or like whatever who loved rent and then after that it's kind of too it's too mainstream slash too campy for most people to really get into now mm-hmm. It's kind of weird to imagine Rent coming out in 1996 and people taking it seriously on any mm-hmm. level because I've been a Rent head since I was literally nine years old. When the movie came out, my mom and I were in Target and she saw a copy of the movie soundtrack and she said, oh, your father and I saw this and we loved it. I don't remember anything about it. And she bought it and would play it in the car like every day. And I 
loved it. I got the DVD for my 10th birthday. I found out what lesbians were. I found out what transgender (laughs) meant. And I was a gay rights activist from then on. I was a sex workers rights activist because Mimi was a stripper. I remember in fifth grade, somebody asking me about rent and I was like, well, there's this character who's an exotic dancer. And he said, yeah, we all know what that means. And I was like, we do wear 10, but I actually said it's a living, (laughs) which is praxis to Praxis. Oh my god. I remember this show (laughs) does radicalize people. It does. And this show was so influential to me that when I came out as bisexual to my mom in middle school, she said, I think you just like the movie Rent. And she didn't believe me. (laughs) I think every time your bisexuality re-emerges, Sam, it's probably because of Rent. Probably, yeah. I remember she, she said, well, just think about this. You love Rent, but who are the stars of Rent that you love the most? You love Anthony Rapp. You love Adam Pascal. And I pointed to like the three Adina Menzel posters on my <laughs> wall. And I said, I love Adina Menzel, mom. Oh my God. Her performance can we pi- art? Wait. Can we pivot real quick to, I think this is a good segue because Craig actually sent some videos in our group email of like, covering Rent when it first came out on Broadway. And there's this video of interviewing Adina when she's 24, opening Rent, and I literally was like chills. This this girl was literally younger than we are we now, are now, rest in peace. Well, I don't know how old you are, Craig. I'm are 23, so. Oh, you have one more year. To you have time. I have, well, I have about three weeks and then <laughs> no, two Uh-oh. weeks. Well, until, all right, yeah. get, get, a, get the, re, get the re, uh, revival going before Broadway's open. Uh, but uh, no, anyway, she was just like, so her eyebrows were so thick oh and she was like, all I do is sing every weekend at like bar mitzvahs. And, <laughs> yeah, being a wedding singer. She's from Syosset. She's from Syosset. I one time tweeted at her how to get to... Um, Syosset. When I was trying to go visit, when I was trying to go visit an old flame in Long Island, I tweeted at Eddie Menzel asking her how to use the Long Island Railroad. Anyway, um, did she respond? No. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Oh, she should have. No, but like, she just looks so young and full of life. She's also so so excited to start pissed off to be interviewed. It looks like because she's in like her dressing room and they're like, it's opening night at rent. And she's like, I'm just trying to do a good job. I've been telling people all my life that I'm good at singing and I'm just trying to do a good job at the show. There's going to be lots of people there. That's an act, Sam. It was an act. She was like, oh, my God, I want to seem humble because I was the one picked for this interview. And I'm the female um, white female lead. And I just need to make sure that I come off as so innocent like you know it couldn't, got maybe know. she was just in character which is funny to me like that she would be nervous considering i would hazard to say that maureen is pro- possibly one of the easier tra- one of the easiest tracks in the show considering she, oh, doesn't show up. she doesn't show up to the last 20 minutes of act of act uh one and, and then, then she steals like... the whole show <laughs> my favorite is... uh, my favorite adina moment is going to be a little tidbit but we can go into that later I was watching an old video (laughs) of Over the Moon from the original Broadway run, I think, and people are like laughing as if they don't know which lines are going to come next. And Mm -hmm. I simply cannot put myself in their shoes. I can't really. I can't really. No. She references like not in my backyardism, which I didn't realize until today. I was like, not in my backyard utensils. (laughs) Go back to China. 
Beedy bong. Okay, can I tell you today? I was in the Central Park walking around today. I had a to-go margarita and I was literally lip syncing over the moon under my mask, of course, which broke um, because I was lip syncing so hard. Literally, like, I know that song back to front. I know every single emotion that I pull out with my face. I've been lip syncing that song back to front, front to back since I was 10. Like it is, that song is in my blood. I can't, and it's also what I realized about that song is that it is probably the reference point for any like making fun of performance art thing that's yes. ever gonna happen. Like if you ever make anything that's going to have like a, a joke piece of art in it, like that we, you know, people who went to school with, they did performance art like and stuff at like parties and it was like taken seriously. But like, this is the reference point like you I have to just say, do over the moon as a cover, like in anything. If you're going to make something that's a jokey, but like semi-serious, like very earnest. And in the art. same way, I think that for a lot of people in our generation, over the moon might have been their introduction to performance art as a concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Very and that's true. the thing, I feel like people, this is also random, but what you said before, one of my favorite things in watching early video or early bootlegs, I'll say, early videos of, um, them doing over the moon is like is the mooing at at the end it's so funny to hear the audience like not really get into it and she like actually has to coax them whereas every single time and i've seen the show like billions and billions of times in different iterations and different times but when i saw like the most recent revival off broadway the audience was always she didn't even have to say moo with me like everyone was already like losing their damn minds and like mooing at everyone I mean, um, it's kind of like a Rocky Horror effect with this mm-hmm. show, I feel like. It's it's weird right? to think about how there was a time when the show had to earn people's attention as opposed mm-hmm. to now when it just has it. Sam, do this you is think, a... Sorry, do you think your parents oh. moved when they saw it in 96, Sam? Absolutely. <laughs> the first Not time at first, I... but I the... think that they did. The first time I was in it, I told my parents, you have to move because like, I'm worried that no one's going to move. <laughs> I have you know what? That's on the that's on the girl playing Maureen. She's got to get him to move. Like that's that's probably the most demanding part of the whole track, as you say. I have a story. When I was thirteen years old, I was taking an acting class, and we had a monologue day where we were supposed to come in with monologues. And I came in with "Over the Moon," and I told Good. my friend in the class that she had to move at the end. And then I got to the end, and nobody moved. And I looked at my friend, and she looked at me with such like fear and astonishment on her face, and shook her head no. Astonishing. <laughs> you know what? There are two, there's, you know, when you like talk about what you'd go back in time to do, to go see, like if there was one thing you could go back in time, I will go back in time to see Rent off Broadway, original cast, and also you doing that (laughs) in middle school (laughs) as a monologue. I would just do both and that was it. I'd be be fine never time traveling again. (laughs) How would that disrupt anything? No one would know me. I'm not from here. It's fine. So we have a segment on this show where we try to summarize the media that we've watched in less than 45 seconds. Uh, Craig, oh God. would you like to summarize Rent in less than 45 seconds? I can try. You can start whenever you're ready. Okay. Rent is about a year in the life of um, a group of friends and lovers in Alphabet City in the mid-1990s during the height of the AIDS epidemic. 
um, in which several people are dealing with <laughs> several people are in trouble, which is a reference to the fact that part of this is like legit plagiarized from a play from a novel called People in Trouble. I think that's it. Uh-huh. Um, and several of them are dealing with um, drug addiction, uh, lack of employment, and figuring out how to create art without selling out. And they don't want to pay the rent. Yeah, that was 34 seconds. All right. <laughs> kind of goes back in to what Gina was saying before we started recording, which is mm. that this musical doesn't really have a plot. Gina, do you want to touch on that? <laughs> do I have to do it in less than 45 seconds? I think I can. No, you can just talk. You know, you can, can just, just speak talk. on it. Um, I mean, just every time I saw it, because I, I saw different versions of it, you know, done by people. And then I saw the Broadway one, but not the original cast. Just you would have been one I, years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw Cats when I was one. So, like, would have worked. That's what, <laughs> that's like, what started your musical theater intrigue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember it. I got so scared. I started screaming and crying because the cats were scary. <laughs> so, anyway. Me too. So every time I saw Rent, I just could not figure out the plot. I was like, these people are friends. They're like dying of AIDS. They are into drugs and like they can't pay rent. So they sing about it and they have relationships. And I was just like, what's the plot? Like, I don't know what the plot is, but the song's cool, you know? I think okay. that you're also referring to the fact that yeah. the musical production correct me if i'm wrong but the musical version pretty much has no spoken lines of dialogue there's like maybe there's oh yeah a, the there's musical lesson one. so it's like, like very much, it's very lame it's well it's based yeah. on an opera la bohème we don't have to get into right, that we right, don't want yeah. to but um i was gonna say know, that because uh, i have uh, <laughs> this sounds so pretentious i'm gonna sound really pretentious for the rest of the pod um but <laughs> i i have i love opera and i thought that the use of as I get older now, I feel like the use of voicemails and tune-ups are like um, instead of like recitative um, to use an opera term. Like it, they're really interesting ways of uh, getting those like plot points across and getting these like character development moments in like a really unique and modern quote unquote considered nineteen ninety six a modern way. I agree. I love the voicemail. Sam and I go hard at voicemail number two lip syncing. <laughs> We used to do that in college in the lounge in the dorm. Like non, like people would leave because we were like <laughs> such rent heads. It was it was fun. It's also one of those parts that the voicemails seem very operatic in a musical sense, which I'm not going to expand upon because I don't know anything about opera. But it's You're right. It's like and a bra seems very good. Which the western mala. <laughs> So let her be a lesbian. lesbian. That is truly one of the best roles to play because you get like two seconds of stage time, but the biggest laugh in the entire yeah, show. True. Wait, oh my God, I just realized that Ross Geller was invented before Mark Cohen. Damn. <laughs> That's sad. Well, They're Mark Cohen same, was invented when Jonathan Larson was born. Oh, should we get into the sadness of that Didn't real he, quick? Like, I was going to say, when it premiered. I just have one quick thing to say. <laughs> this just occurred to me. They're so, in Friends. They're supposed to be living in the village in like the mm. mid nineties. So theoretically, they're supposed like this is supposed. But to be they're going straight. <laughs> they're all white and them. straight. That is the op. That is literally. If you want to talk about privilege, it's yeah. the cast of Friends and the cast of Friends. Friends. Wow. Friends also had some problematic things. Anyway. Oh, 
I don't know if you can believe it, but a television show from 30 years ago does not hold up politically today. (laughs) Heard it here first. Gina thinks Friends might be a little problematic in parts. I don't know, because I never watched the whole thing through. Today I so watched some things, um, like, the finale of Friends and the pilot. So, so now we should. Talk yeah, about Jonathan Larson died. Yeah, he died when I, I like, had the coffee I table know. book. Me of too. Growing up, of course. Me too. Um, he, he, so he, and he died of an aortic aneurysm. Fuck. Um, on opening night off Broadway, which is so trash. That sucks. Can you imagine though? And like the cast is all like basically people our age and like younger. That is fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you've been making this whole thing that's so cool and it's getting great like reviews or whatever. Adam and Pascal like, hears that Jonathan Larson has just died. He's like, I thought we were supposed to rewrite your eyes. Okay. <laughs> and that's another thing we can get into real quick is that how, this is the eternal question about Ram, right? How much do you think would have been changed or workshopped out I, I... had he lived? that's something i think about all the time and like that's usually my argument for when people are like rent is bad which is like a which is part part of the discourse now which we just (laughs) sort of like have to accept apparently it is like an unfinished piece like i don't think that we should always look at it as like something that is totally (laughs) totally finished for like lack of a better term it was in a workshop phase it was if you and sam and i both intimately know the early workshop recordings of it from like 1993 that this was a show horrible (laughs) that this was a show that was in constant evolution and constantly evolving so the fact that this was like off broadway and like still probably at least two years off from like a broadway run would have been entirely different and it yeah. feels like it does feel like a like kind of a first draft, but that's mm-hmm. also kind of the charm of it too. It's like it's rough. Yeah. And wh- how long were they? How long was the the gap between opening off Broadway and then Broadway? Like I don't less actually. than a year. Because like let's be honest, obviously the news around him mm-hmm. dying probably helped it played into the success. Mm-hmm. The success, which I never really thought about that being a thing until I became older and jaded. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's all, it's the perfect storm. It's rent. That's just what Dying always helps, you know? Yeah. Um. Apparently, I remember one part of the coffee table book saying that Jonathan Larson's gay friends were kind of upset when he started writing it because they were like, well, you're not gay and you don't have AIDS. And they saw an early draft and one of them was like, well, because it was revolutionary at the time because HIV and AIDS were seen as a death sentence, which in essence at the time they were terminal illnesses. But there's also people with HIV and AIDS having fun and like living life to the fullest for the short amount of time that they have, which is a plus. But apparently his friends told him like, you have to remember that it's sad as well. Like you don't want to have AIDS. So then he updated. And then he wrote Act Two. Well, then he updated Life Support to have that to have the character of Steve, who's like, I'm not happy to be here because uh, I have AIDS. But the, to jump off of that, like that's sort of always been my argument about the way that we can still enjoy and like still produce rent nowadays because like there's a lot of the parts of the politics that I don't think really hold up. But like we said, like that's to be expected. It's 30 years old. Um, but. I, I choose to look at it like an opera, like La Boheme was about very serious issues at the time of like t- the tuberculosis epidemic and all of these other issues. But like, 
I don't think that you can go into musical theater or go into like a musical and like expect it to be like this like groundbreaking really like gritty edgy thing like it's a musical at the end of the day it is it's supposed to be fantastical it's supposed to be a heightened version of reality like people aren't going around singing so like the fact that they're singing about these really really dark things is like you do still need to have joy you just still need to have like some sense of um fantasy yeah and i don't think that the liveliness of for example collins and angel takes away from the eventual tragedy of angel's death mm-hmm. i think that it yeah. makes it hit harder <laughs> actually thanks guys i, yeah, I remember seeing on a message board someone some hearsay someone like slandering rent saying that like john jonathan larson is quoted as saying that he was thankful that he got to kill the fag angel <laughs> <laughs> which like i just can't imagine and i'm sure it's just um, like complete slander jonathan larson wrote runs because he hates gay people oh yeah he wanted Definitely. to write the character just to kill it yeah 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 yeah. okay so he was basically like the mark like i mean mark, jk like, rowling killed dumbledore everything. anyways <laughs> oh but you're right i um it is interesting you were just, i was just gonna actually ask a discourse question about like do we think jonathan larson was like secretly gay and now i'm realizing that he probably wasn't because he made the leads to whites the only two straight white men um that's true and then we have like all the queer characters are supporting characters they are very important characters to rent like lifeblood but they are supporting and the villain they're also by far the best and most interesting characters (laughs) i mean who talks i mean mark is iconic visually like everyone sees anthony rapp but like I feel like Mimi and you and Mimi, you know, Mimi, Maureen, you know, Maureen and Joanne. Okay. First of all, two most iconic songs from Rent. Seasons of Love, obviously, which I don't even want to talk about, first of all. I don't give a fuck about Seasons of Love. No one cares about that. Second of all, second most iconic song, Take Me or Leave Me, which I want to know. I want to ask you guys, did Jonathan Larson know that he was writing the duet song for every middle school girl in the 2000s when he wrote that song like that song has been performed by more people who are not lesbians more prepubescent straight girls than anybody any song ever and it's literally a lesbian breakup song and i just think that's exciting i'm just i'm glad that 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 he did that yeah i was literally assigned that for scene into song at marymount it was me and Oh, who made that assignment though? Um, Michael Montel. <laughs> that is, he was literally just like, that is so, who assigned that song? It's know. so overdone. That's like, I know. oh, it's you guys like should challenge. define gravity. You should have done define gravity. Yeah, we should. <laughs> that's what it's like. Yeah. Also, it's like, not exactly. even a, it's not even a real duet. Joanne sings like four lines. Literally, like. Yeah, that's do true. You, do, do you think Adina blackmailed him into that? definitely i think because she has so much power and just how she speaks her words you know like she can make anybody falter jonathan i really think the second verse should be mine (laughs) only i talked to freddie and i just don't think she can handle it the next day in rehearsal adina takes freddie's verse and she's like singing i'm a black lawyer because those were the lyrics initially i'm a black lawyer 
And all the other cast members are like, isn't that Freddie's line? And Jonathan's like, no, it's actually Maureen's. It was always meant for Maureen. And they're like, really? Because she's saying that she's a black lawyer. And he's like, it's subversive. Don't ask questions. It's hearsay. <laughs> like, also, why is a lawyer hanging out with all these poor ass? I think that's Wait, what Joanne asks herself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I Joanne that. asks herself every single day. Like, and why she's just, she, that's like all of like Happy New Year. She's just like, I don't know why I'm hanging out with you. She says oh, in like with a performance artist the title song Rent. She says that she doesn't want to hang out with Mark because she doesn't like theater people. I've never been a theater person. person. <laughs> She's straight up with a theater person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> doesn't make it make sense. Yeah, imagine being a lawyer and going on a date with a twenty-two-year-old NYU grad. <laughs> Weirder I... things have happened. That's this true. Is so random, but I want to say it before I forget. My new thing about. Um, the character of Mark is I think that he should be played as like a really really flaming homo and like he doesn't realize that he is gay so he's projecting all of that onto Maureen and that's yes. why he's so mad that um, oh 100% yeah so, and that just I mean that's how me. Anthony Rapp so played it interesting I, I'm obsessed yeah with the song in the workshop version you'll get over it which was eventually replaced by Tango Maureen. It's Mark telling Thank Maureen God. that she's going to get over being a lesbian and Maureen telling Mark that oh. he's going to get over her. And the entire song is just him going, but you never even liked Katie Lang. <laughs> Who is that? Well, Katie lesbian Lang is a, singer. Uh, yeah, she's a lesbian um, uh, gospel. Not gospel. Mike Santee's like, mom's singer. name? I'm going to watch the shit MMC Theater Majors say right yes, after this. Yes, the skits. <laughs> I saw Gina in one of those like um, "Welcome to Marymount" little uh, numbers. Oh it was my the first God. time I ever saw oh, the Orient. Did you do a Book like, of you, Mormon, you you book of Mormon one, Gina? Yeah, I told I told I told Sam the story that um, I was like, oh, like I of all the people. Yeah, but, well, this was this was right <laughs> before I really came to terms with the fact that I was gay, and I was literally like, um, I was like, oh, I would have Gina a made you her gay? if I was straight. Oh, and I was like, what? Are, <laughs> And then I, the other half of my brain was like, what do you mean if? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Gina's such a compelling Craig, dancer. You know, Gina, that video of you as Cassie in high Craig. school in a chorus line. Oh, oh God. Okay. So I feel like good. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> no, but you as Cassie? That's are you dancing is, by yourself on stage? Who people, cares? Who knows? People if you're who just like... like People who quote unquote are on dancers are always the most compelling dancers because they're not dancers when they're on stage. They're human beings going through a journey. What's up? That's what I was. Slammed. Bam. Uh -huh. Dance industry found dead in a fucking ditch. You're welcome. Gina, Martha you're Graham. Mila Kunis in Black Swan when she's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that, that checks out. I just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that it was Mila Kunis in that movie. She's so good. She's, she's so good. Snow. Uh, <laughs> um, what were we talking about with Fran? Um, so it's a great show. Adina Menzel's a lesbian in it. I was watching bi. the I was watching the Take Me or Leave Me video. Right, right. And it became very clear to me that Adina Menzel is straight. So straight. Yeah. Yeah. But the biggest gay icon possibly ever. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, kind of like Ariana Grande. I don't know. I just keep. Okay, hot take. <laughs> hot take. Um, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, anyways, um, I'll I'll say. What were you gonna say? 
No, I'm gonna save for Wicked. No, I was just gonna say I really think that that driver's license girl is the front runner now to play Alphaba in the movie, and oh. I think that they're gonna give uh, Linda to Ariana. I, I think because be- if Ariana could not be Alphaba, I am sick of that take. She is not goth. She is not sound a single. Th- she cannot belt. She you know, before do- she was. She sang Rent with, she sang Take Me or Leave Me with Colleen Bollinger. Oh, Miranda? Yeah, she sang. Which part does she do? She did Joanne because she did the riffs like fucking. Well, that's the thing. She is not a belter. She could not play Alphabet. That would not be, that would be fucked. People are trying to get her to be Alphabet. She she could easily do Glenda because they could, because they could like reinterpret the soprano as like riffy Ariana. She could whistle tone it. She could whistle tone it. I think Billie Eilish should play Alphabet. Who, Sam? Billie Eilish. Should play Billie Eilish should play Alphaba. Yes. And then... Um, She's goth. RuPaul can play Glinda. Guys, so be really guys what about the two, the two girls from Victorious as Alphaba and Glinda? Ariana oh, as Glinda? I think we all and say... The goth girl. Literally. Not Victoria Justice. The goth girl from Victorious. Yeah, it was I didn't Billie. watch Victorious because... I didn't watch Victorious because I went to an art school and I was like... There's no such thing as a ventriloquy major. It also came out when we were like 16. <laughs> yeah, I was also too old. But you know what? I'm a kid at heart. Should we talk so about <laughs> Rent Live? Or we should probably talk about the movie first. Yeah, we should yes. get back to Rent. I just so the, the people really rag on the movie, but here's the thing. I don't think that any of us would be as big a fans of Rent if the movie had not been released. That's correct. Because it did introduce it to the next generation. Not like a whole other generation, but like the next one directly afterwards. And which is why Sam and I are announcing today that we are independently producing a gritty rent revival um, that's put it puts it on today's map. It's right, Sam? It's taking place in the basement of Marymount Manhattan College. It's yes. going to be immersive. It's immersive. Black so box, uh, black box. You're we're walking... also doing it in tandem with our Carrie revival that we're doing immersively. That I wrote. Never seen <laughs> Carrie. I'm thinking about the revival script that you wrote for Carrie when you were in middle school, Craig. Mm-hmm. That and I how it says, today. Chris Harginson, a large-breasted girl who looks disgusted, <laughs> walks out on stage. Chris would be large-breasted. I don't know where that even came from. I don't know what about it. Like, I guess it, I was reading Stephen King at the time. And it was, was you like, trying to be straight. Like, 75% of women. Yeah. Honestly, I would love to play Chris Harkinson. But actually, I would love to play any of the female roles in Carrie. They're all so good. I want to be the bitch with the hat. Oh, uh, Norma. Yeah. yeah. The MAGA hat. <laughs> the bitch with the MAGA hat. <laughs> in our revival, she is wearing yes. a hat. Oh, in the basement. But then on the back, it says, make America gay again. And it's like, whoa, I thought you were a modern day Nazi, but you're actually just gay. Guys, I'm I'm really worried about the New York City mayoral election. Anyway, back to Bran. (laughs) (laughs) But my thing about the movie is like, I just don't see why it really needed to exist, personally. I just felt that like, Maybe they should have just filmed the Broadway version earlier. I It was in development for a long time. I know that at one point Spike Lee was attached to direct it. And Tracy Toms, who later ended up playing Joanne in the movie, went into audition and allegedly Spike Lee said to her, you're too young to play Joanne. What are you going to be? A baby Lizzie? Which is so funny because, first of all, she was like 30 at the time and all the characters are like 22. And then they ended up casting a bunch of 45-year-olds. 
for the movie that ended up happening because they'd been in the original Broadway cast. Yeah, the biggest cap is Mimi being 19. Like she's like, I'm 19. And I'm like, girl. You're absolutely not. <laughs> you are far from 19. <laughs> A little long in the tooth to be 19. Yeah. But also, I watched it when I was 10, so I truly couldn't tell the difference between a 25-year-old and a 45-year-old. So I was like, this makes sense. I'm oh, on board. Yeah, everyone was just old. Mm-hmm. They meshed together. Like, we like, are in that age range now. I was like, when I'm 22, I will look like Adina Menzel circa 2005. Yeah. I remember... I remember- I- I was gonna say I watched the movie with my mom like this was after I was already obsessed with it for like a year and she was like yeah I guess I would like to see that so like I put it on and I remember during over the moon she was like when is this gonna end (laughs) really she she was really offended by the fact that like this was like a thing that she um was being forced to sit through um she did not like the movie but then like two years later I showed her the Broadway version before I was into it and she loved it so yeah my mom loved it made us listen to it and then when I got really interested I asked her if I could go to see it on Broadway and she put down her book looked me in the eyes and said you need to get off the gay train (gasps) (laughs) so she was not happy she was like what did I do anyway Jake has returned Sorry guys, this now happens uh, once a week that my Zoom just decides to stop working in the middle of our recording. <laughs> I think maybe I just need to update it. Uh. <laughs> Sam always immediately goes, text me, come back. <laughs> like, what if I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> it's not coming back. <laughs> no, I'm, so excited. Your... I'm so excited for when we for can record in person again. I know, well, I, I know, well, I think I think we should. So, um, what were we talking about with Rent? Um, You're wrapping what about up the, the characters? Movie. Oh, the movie. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. The movie's good. They cut all the voicemails and tune-ups, so I just don't, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't give a, yeah. I don't care about the movie if you're not going to be singing voicemails. They're all too old. Like, what did it, it feel like? It does not look like New York the... at that time anymore. What? It doesn't oh. look like New York at that era. Oh. Like, I remember so... I remember watching the director's commentary a lot as a child, and it was Chris Columbus, Adam Pascal, and Anthony Rapp. And there was a skyline scene, and Chris Columbus was like, you know, we had to specifically request that they CGI in the Twin Towers because they're not there anymore, but they were at the time. Yeah, I, I was watching it last <laughs> night, and I saw the Twin Towers, and then I looked up when it was made, and it was like after I was like, "What the yeah, cause, fuck?" Well, at the, the beginning movie of the is movie, set in eighty nine, right? It doesn't make it's, any it's sense. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense because it references I mean, um, the Oklahoma City bombing. It references Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah, it's not whatever. I mean, I get it as far as the AIDS crisis goes, but I don't know. There was still fallout from AIDS in the nineties, mm-hmm. which is why yeah. Rent was written in the first place. Yeah, I remember my dad not liking uh, Rent or my obsession with it rather because he thought that it glamorized the crime-ridden city. And he one time called me from work when I got a bad grade on a math test to yell at me about it. 
And he was like, you want to be like the characters in Rent, but that's not real. It's a utopia. That's not what the city's like. And I was like, girl, this is really about the fact that I don't know how to do fractions. Like I wasn't thinking <laughs> about Rent at the time that I tanked this test. Do you think people who are always like, why don't they pay the rent? Do you think that they feel differently about that now that like the pandemic happened? I was going to say so. something. I was going to say that too. Yeah. That it, like it used to be that was sort of like the hot take like several years ago that like they should just pay their rent blah 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 but like now that we've sort of evolved in our conversations surrounding like what like we all hate landlords now we all hate the fact that we need to pay. like paying rent yeah. is sort of like pro- not seen as problematic but it's just sort of like our discussions have kind of turned around into um like we shouldn't pay our rent we should be doing what they're doing and <laughs> throwing uh yeah our our discussions have turned rent into not being ironic anymore like we're about to literally become earnest rent like it's gonna be not an ironic thing again the show i mean i also think that people (laughs) it's so dumb when people are like they should have listened to benny it sounded like he had a good idea like Oh my God. What happened to Benny? What happened to his heart? Benny's idea idea is an interactive virtual cyber studio. No, say the whole thing. Say the whole thing. An interactive virtual state of the art cyber studio. That's (laughs) what you just said. (laughs) Genuinely. What does that mean, though? I still don't know what that means. He's describing Twitter. He's a he's a pyramid schemer. He's a scammer. Like so fly. We got Benny. Benny texts you like, "Hey, girly. <laughs> hey, girly. Sorry, I have to evict a you." Girl. Okay. What do we think about Angel murdering the dog? She did not murder the dog. She led it, it to suicide. Move. Thank you. I thought it was a power move. Like I like I love animals, but like Ekita Evita, like that was just a problematic one. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's a small yippy dog, right? I don't like mm-hmm. those. Yeah, like a Chihuahua, I think. Wouldn't it be like? I don't I'm know. Look like, up an Akita. I thought an Akita was something different. Now that I'm thinking, there's about. an old woman that I really want. Oh, that's on. a breed of dog. I thought that was the name of the dog. No, Evita is the dog's name. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I did, I just don't. Oh, know it's dogs, like a Shiba Inu pet. But Angel oh. was. Really, Angel there's was an old the woman I want revenge on that I would totally lead her dog to suicide anyways okay so i don't think it's angel's fault it's you not. just use she pronouns sam and i think should we talk about angel's gender gender identity today let's do it because that is something that has aged interestingly yeah so i don't now, think jonathan larson knows either exactly and we'll never know if he knew mm. well my thing but is gender like- has obviously that the whole mm-hmm. topic has aged has, has changed over time as far as um, the way that we talk so, about it. And it can be interpreted in today's lens and also the lens of back then as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we see Angel present in both like stereotypical, or not stereotypical, but like we see them present as male and then we see them present as female as well. But they also say, like Collins and Angel say brothers in La Vie Boheme when they're making out. Right. In co- in contrast, I remember reading like an IMDb like message board like is Angel trans, um, which was like probably not the word that they used at that time <laughs> in yeah. on IMDb, um, but they're like, well, no, like she refers to him, herself as like a brother to Colin, so it's but I yeah, but that could also just be like a let's threaten the old white suits in the room, you know, like <laughs> right, yeah. The, yeah, like that's what they were doing, and like at the time. 
you know, Angel would have been like, well, I, you know, I have a, you know, I have a Venus. And so I could, I mean, I feel like even Angel, the character, the fictional character, Angel, like probably didn't have the terminology for it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus the drag persona is very like over the top and like, you know, it's the Christmas, it's a Santa outfit she wears for most of the show, so. Yeah, I think that in keeping with the theme of the show, um, I don't know if Angel as a person is too concerned with labeling themselves so much as they are with trying to live truthfully moment to moment and waking Mm -hmm. up and being like packing. That's a good thing I can do I think the main discourse of Angel is the main discourse for the trans argument of Angel is the funeral where Mark is like, corrects himself mm-hmm. on her pronouns. Yeah. But I think, but then, I don't think that's. But then yeah. in Goodbye Love, Collins says, I can't believe he's gone about Angel. Mm-hmm. And you would think that Collins would know out of all people what pronouns to use. So I think it's like True. gender fluidity, a, is- a lovely mismatch. mishmash. And there's also plenty of people who use he and she pronouns. Exactly. And they, we don't have to know. We don't have to know Angel's true identity. It's not Mm -hmm. important to the story. I feel like I've said this. um, No, maybe I didn't say this before, but Mimi could have been like a better stripper. She's good. She's a literal heroine. She didn't do pole moves. Oh, wait, no, not heroine. She's addicted to something, but like. She is addicted to heroin. She, yeah. I thought it was Coke. She has a little bag. She's addicted to love. Oh, God. Well, what's what's smack? I, okay. smack heroin? Smack? Yeah, but well, she, she has a little bag, though, of, of, I think, Coke or Speed or something. Like meth? When she... Well, and she says, well, Roger says, that's not meth. <laughs> Roger says, I used to be a junkie, and she's now and then I like to, uh-huh, feel good. I'm pr- feel I'm, good. I'm, I'm fairly... Well, because intravenous drugs. What's that? I mean, oh, drug usage. Candy bar wrapper. Apparently, smack is a reference to black tar heroin. Oh. I just Googled smack drugs, and that's what it says. Smack drugs. Um, I think, well, first of all, I want to say to everyone, Light My Candle ha- is a song all-time that banger. I have performed. It's an all-time banger. I've performed it with oh, my yeah. friend, Lily, friend of the pod, um, at karaoke more than twice. Oh, that's a good karaoke song. The toolbox. And, you know, (laughs) everyone watching just goes, yeah. (laughs) It's great. Um, Karaoke is still illegal due to COVID, but someday (laughs) when it comes back, I'll go with you. When it comes back, I will. My roommates are always talking um, about karaoke and how much they love karaoke, but I have a horrible fear of karaoke due to two years of being forced to sing in front of musical theater students in high school. The the fun part about doing it at a at a bar though, Sam, is that like everyone's so drunk and also everyone sings terribly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we should we could do Take Me or Leave Me, Sam. Just do it. Yeah, you should let you be Maureen. We need to do Yeah, my chance to switch roles. Sam, we need to do um, All Out of Love by John Corbett and Tony Collette as yes. well. There's a song in the workshop version of Rent called Female to Female. Yes, I was thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> the most because straight it, man written song. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think it's supposed to be a reference to like um, 
like male and female wires when you're doing sound like they call them like male and female oh, wires yeah. so it's like and so joanne's trying to figure it out and she's saying female to female um but i don't maybe i'm giving jonathan larson too much credit anyway thank you jonathan well, larson, wherever you, you know in that video in that news video you sent it's implied that that happened to him because the, <laughs> his friend who's interviewed in the video goes oh yeah the joanna storyline it's real yeah, I read that on the Wikipedia page. He had a girlfriend who left him for a woman. And then he wrote a musical about how mad he was about it. Which is funny. because Mark, Mark is actually... Yeah, Mark could just, have had a love interest, but he was like, no. I think his love interest is... Um, oh, himself slash also like maybe Collins. I don't know. Maybe they find oh, each really? other. They hug at the end of the movie. It's implied that Mark masturbates a lot and throughout the whole. Oh, that's so show. fitting for him. Yeah, Mark's yeah. kind of like, and this is something that you realize as you get older. Like, Mark is kind of the worst in a way. Like, he's he's a bad ally. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, he just kind of he's living off his parents' money. He, I don't know. It's really it's it's just really weird. Um, I was Mark, listening. Oh, go. I was just, no. I was just say like Mark is. He's like the stereotypical, like, quote unquote, like, nice guy ally. Nice guys finish last. I think that the cultural consciousness has reached a point where we're less forgiving of nice guy characters, even Mm -hmm. when they're not necessarily doing anything all that bad. And I think that Mark is a nice example. Yeah. I think that Mark is a nice example of that because even though he doesn't do anything too heinous in the musical, it always kind of seems like he might be about to like reach into his backpack and shoot up a mall. That scarf though, that scarf keeps him grounded. Yeah. That blue and red scarf. Yeah. Definitely. That's the sweater, true. I mean, yeah. yeah. So actually I have an idea. Since we kind of don't know what else to talk about, let's, let's, say, let's go around and say which character we most relate to and which one we want to 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 play Mm. okay i'll go first i want to play mark wait no i most relate to mark i most want to play maureen nice i think that i most relate to joanne because i'm always giving my friends the most practical advice and i most technically your squatters Mm-hmm. I'm always doing that. I'm always looking up laws and stuff. I think that one time, Gina, I thought that you were pregnant and I asked you what your health insurance was so that mm-hmm. I could look up their stance on covering abortions, which yeah. I don't know why I would. Health insurance companies don't cover abortion. I don't you're think. Just, you're always there for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm having another one of those scares right now. Oh, we got to go to Dwayne Reed. I know. Oh, my God. Get a test. I would most want to play Mark's mom, obviously. Obviously. Really? Or Mark's mom or Alexi Darling? Come on. Both? Ooh, Alexi Darling. Is that the same track? Is that the same track? I, I think it's it, not. Oh, it, I always thought sure. it was because I got them confused. Oh, you're right. Because in the show, in the final Broadway, it's the blonde, the, the brunette is Alexi Darling. You know what it Mark's is? Mom's. In one of the voicemails, I think that Mark's mom and Alexi Darling are singing at the same time. Well, in our minimalist version, all the voicemails is is just two people. Okay. Especially the one that's all their parents. <laughs> it's like four of them. This is yeah. your mother, Mimi Chica. Dona estas, tu mama. All right, Craig. Um, I guess I would say I. I it's embarrassing to say now, but like I do relate to Mark 
slash I would but I don't know who I would want to play anymore because it's like my no um, yeah no race no gender limits just oh you know. I guess then I, w- I would be interested to play Angel I would I've always wanted to play a drag character but I don't but like Angel's not supposed to be white like I will say <laughs> I don't think that Angel should be played by well, a white person yeah. mm-hmm. um no, but yeah, that's right. my answer what about you Gina yeah um I feel like I used to really relate to Maureen. Uh, do I still? That's the question. <laughs> I used to be <laughs> off the fucking walls. So, like... <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Freshman year of college, you were very much a Maureen. Like, I, that was... Yeah, I think throughout probably college... Probably why we became friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> but now I'm, like, more... Like, depressed more. Like, really into... I don't oh, know, you're like, Roger. Yeah. But I can't play guitar. I'm not a guitar guys. Boy. We're all Roger because we all just spent the past year in our homes. Hey, <laughs> I low key wish I could play Maureen. Maureen though, but I know I'm not. I think, totally be, I think I think you'd be a brilliant Maureen. You Maureen's everyone has so an amazing good as Maureen. Yeah, yeah you would, I, I you know would. that. Like that's my typecast. Like yeah, that's it. I, I but everyone's I got an out tonight in them that is just ready to right come. yeah mm-hmm. i always wanted to just like i lay it down yeah almost within moments of out tonight beginning while i was listening to the cast album today my nipples got hard it's just what it brings out in me oh my god right yeah it's about no it's like, like that's it's because i'm ready so to play good. mimi yeah sam you would be the like most iconic mimi of all time I would. like yeah. You are the 2021 Mimi. Like, mm-hmm. legit. Richard Niles this, comes to see girl. it. He goes, that was yeah. weirdly sexy. Just like he said to me in my sophomore year during Shape of Things. <laughs> weirdly oh sexy. No, it's like a review you've gotten. It's like at the bottom of your, for your consideration ad. Weirdly sexy. Yes. <laughs> Sam, Samantha Prosser as Mimi Marquez. Okay. It would be that would be the perfect excuse to get off the gay train to play me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Roger is played by a woman in this version too. There will always be women in, in rubber and rubber, rubber flirting with flirting. Me. With I me. forgot about the line. Um, I didn't stay and dance at the clit club last night because you wanted to go home. <laughs> I want to go to the clit club. The clit That's club. Ironic. That's what straight, it, straight men can't find it. In the in is the that fr- like the cubbyhole exactly. of the '90s? I'm trying to Google rent, but my computer's slow. It just went to rent.com. Guys, I literally didn't did not know anything about rent other than like what I saw. You know what's? <laughs> like, what did you see? The musical, like that's it. Like I didn't know. I've never seen. Anything. Do you know the only time I've ever seen rent in like a the live show is the 2008. Uh, national tour that Adam Pascal and Anthony Rapp were both on. That and is they were criminal. Like 40, and they were playing, and then everyone else in the cast was like appropriate age. But Maureen was cool because she was, she had like a blonde bob. Mm-hmm. Oh, did she really? I remember, I remember thinking that's like, dope. that's weird. I was going to say that the, I think the, and this is a little offensive to say on the Adina episode, on this Adina episode, on this day of our Lord Adina Menzel, but I think the best Maureen I ever saw was Annalie Ashford because she Fuck played it yeah. oh. Mary Matthew yeah. and Annalie Ashford and she played it like a dumb blonde and I had I never she... I, had, I had never even thought of it like 
a thought of Maureen like that, and like I was hysterically laughing. Like she was absolutely brilliant. Maureen is great as a dumb blonde. Um, yeah, it's actually she's kind of written that way. It's kind of interesting that her initial characterization was as like a Rachel takes Berry. Herself, yeah, <laughs> takes herself as seriously yeah. as uh, like edgy is, Rachel. This is something completely random, but I just remembered in uh, on the tenth anniversary of Rent, they did a like a concert version with all the original. Ca- this is all on YouTube. The whole thing is called Rent Ten. I was the obsessed cast, with this when I was twelve. The whole cast came back, and while Adina is doing over the moon when she says still thirsty you hear one random teenage girl in the back of the audience go yeah (laughs) i remember she's wearing like i hope she's i hope she's doing well i remember there is like she died of the coronavirus actually she's dead Uh, i was about to say she was dead She, I remember in that performance, Adina is wearing like a black jumpsuit with a green belt. And there were all these comments on the YouTube video that were like, LOL green because of Wicked. And I was like, I hate it here. <laughs> no, <laughs> not green because of Wicked. There's we need awesome- to abolish people who only know about Wicked. Wait, so what was her <laughs> breakout role? Was it like more? It was Rent. Was it, was it Wicked? It was Rent. She was okay. 24. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it was Ren, also... then she did Wild Party, Aida, shit, and then she That was, was all after. Before Ren, she was a wedding singer. And Bar singer. Sam and I watched Rent Live together when it came out, and I have to Valentina. say, it was... Yes, Valentina, very strange casting for Angel, but you know what? She was... Okay, actually, pretty the, good the... casting, very strange performance. The biggest gag of the show is that everybody knows that if the dress rehearsal is bad, the live performance is going to be good. But then Roger broke his leg in between dress mm-hmm. rehearsal and the performance. So they aired the dress rehearsal, which was fucking horrible. And Valentina was like cracking. And oh, I just imagine yeah. after she got off this after she got off stage after today for you, she was probably like, thank God that was the dress. And then fucking lo and behold. Hey. And then I'm Roger, certain Valentina well, did not think that. Valentina's in her own world. Valentina thought, <laughs> I was so good. <laughs> but um, I think Vanessa Hudgens gets you through life. is a stellar choice to play Maureen. I really do. Like She was so fucking good. Okay, I need to watch this she televised, was the best one. televised version. You should. Well, Maddie Valley plays part. Mimi. Oh, and the girl yeah. from Hearts Beat Loud was Joanne. Yes. Dope. Yes, crossover. Sounds, sounds but really um, Vanessa's actually really good Mimi. Um, Tanache was really, I mean, sorry, really good Maureen. Tanache was a really bad Mimi. And that's pretty much all I remember. I remember. I refuse to watch it. I remember going to visit your advanced playwriting class, Craig, and somebody brought up Vanessa Hudgens as Maureen and Rent Live. And somebody in your class was like, that's a horrible choice. And I was like, she's an amazing choice. And I was just starting shit with- <laughs> I do Did no one class. see her Rizzo? Like- I know. She's so talented. Like, stop, just because she was in high school. Like, people are more than what they did 16 years ago. Yeah. Fun. Wait, also really quick. I have a new roommate that moved in. Their name is Calvin. And the other night they said to me, the the other night they said to me, that. the only musicals I know are Repo the Genetic Opera and Cry Baby. Hon- the, honestly, I've never don't know either of those. <laughs> Cry Baby? 
They're both movies. Crybaby was on Broadway in 2008 when I oh, first moved to New York. Wow. It's it's totally different than the movie, though. Oh, okay. It's like Hairspray. Yes. <laughs> Which is an iconic movie. I feel like the movie, the original movie is so much better than the musical. I so. saw the movie when I, I was very young and I didn't appreciate it. I was mm-hmm. like, why aren't they singing? You did it. <laughs> the best part of the movie is Debbie Harry's hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exploding. I just think that tra- like, the characterization of Tracy is so much better. Not that this has anything to do with Ren. Or <laughs> I saw well, Hairspray a couple times when I was in high school because I had two friends who were in a community theater production of it, but they were in different casts. So I had to see it twice because that's, that's how like good a of a friend I was. I know. But, well, one of them was playing Tracy and then the other one was playing um, James Marsden. Corny Collins. James Marsden. <laughs> Corny Collins. Corny um, Collins. Oh, Corny Adina, Collins. Adina crossover. Adina crossover. Enchanted coming up. I'm so excited to talk about Enchanted. Enchanted but, does um, It does. You know, Adina would be an amazing uh, Velma in Hairspray. Because <gasps> Kristen played it in the live. Wait, wait. Dream. Dream. Dream Chicago movie. <gasps> Tony Collette as Roxy, Adina Menzel as Velma. That honestly would be really, really, really. It would have been so fucking good. And I'm so mad at Harvey Weinstein for making the director not cast Tony. They Collette. were both they were both the perfect age for that in 2002. Yeah. Was Tony original like was Tony supposed to be in the movie version of Chicago? Yes, she, and Harvey Weinstein made the director right. replace her with Renee Zellweger. With Renee. Renee does do very well in that, but I would have killed to see Tony do it. I think Renee just shouldn't have a career. After, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, how boring was that Judy Garland movie? After seeing clips of Tony in the Wild Party, I was like, oh my god, like why was she not Roxy? Like I couldn't really imagine it before, but then I listened. Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones was on The View this morning, and she's so weird. I, I think so we are. We should. We should go back in time and cast. Her pussy Adina gave Michael Douglas it. mouth cancer. Her really? what? Didn't Michael Douglas say that he got mouth cancer from eating pussy? We talked about this with Mike Bermonte and Jake Velasquez. Oh yeah. Well, so apparently the first day they met, she said on the View today that the first day they met, he told her he was going to father her children, and I'm like, and then he did. Yeah. He's like way older than her. Manifesting. My favorite is how she <laughs> demanded to have that bob for Chicago because otherwise people wouldn't believe that she was doing her own dancing. Mm. <laughs> stunt, stunt. I mean, that bob is stunt pretty. Queen. That bob is probably the most memorable part of the movie. I think that because I was an actor for a while, I have a secret hatred for actors because of my hatred for myself. And because of that, I think it's so amusing when actors try to make creative decisions that don't involve them. Because yes. I would never dare Sam, in my wildest dreams. Well, Sam, you Sam, you had that exact bob when I met you. I had oh, that yeah. exact bob for so long. I had it as a child. I would go back to it time and time again. Um... The cast of Rent performed Seasons of Love at the 1996 Democratic National Convention, which I think is so good. 
<laughs> and so funny for such an anti-capitalist. Why did they have a convention for, oh, was that an election year? Yeah, it was an election year. I oh, also wasn't? remember hearing that um, Bill Clinton went to see the original cast <laughs> mm-hmm. and they were all really nervous because Chelsea wanted to see it. And yeah. so they all went and then um, they like had the whole mezzanine. I think they might've had the whole mezzanine like for him. And they're like, he just sat there and watched the whole time. I was like, wow, it's almost like it's a musical. Oh, <laughs> was that the same convention when Hillary, there's a video of Hillary doing the Macarena? Probably. I think well, there's- Okay, I'm, a de- I'm, I'm, I'm changing. I'm going to go back in time and do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stay in 96 and go to the DNC. Oh my god. I love they have um they have like a military veteran introduce the cast and he's like, they're going to talk about how you measure a year, and then this cast is singing and they're like, five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Only a million minutes before one blowjob would change Bill Clinton's life. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, I Wig. that song is so like boring. Like, that song is ruined forever. Like and it's I, stupid. Is, it's you know what it is. I like it. No, it's a good song, but you cannot you cannot hear it fresh ever again. Yeah, that's true. You know so what it is. The it's I have a feeling that when that when Jonathan Larson was writing Rent, he opened Act Two just continuing like the story of whatever they were going and i feel like he got a note that was like you have to bring the audience back into the story just write like a song and he was like okay and he just wrote a song i i remember in the making of documentary someone um it was like a female friend who was like oh you write are these rock songs like blah blah blah." and then he was like fine and then he like they're like and the next day he just came out with this gospel song i'm like i would not really call that a gospel song but okay absolutely not (laughs) It's a little gospel and mostly just the riffs, I guess. You know what's but crazy is what that we think? this yeah. was pre-Google, so he had to figure out how many minutes there are in a year. True. I, I think in the Ren Coffee Table book, there's like uh, like a note that he has written where he kind of like does the math and it's like written, it's like one year, four seasons. Did he do it on napkins months. at the Life Cafe? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my God. Jonathan Larson Wait. at the Life Cafe writing Rent while waiting J- tables and J.K. J- Larson. J.K. Rowling comes in and starts writing Harry Potter on a napkin and Jonathan Larson and looks then over and is like, what are you notes writing? And he's like, I'm thinking about this drag queen character and she goes, no! <laughs> um, she's like, what do you think Angel's pronouns are? No! <laughs> um, I was actually sad in that video video when they're talking about him quitting his like server industry yeah. job like before and I was like oh I want to do that so bad mm-hmm. I mean I'm starting a new one on Thursday but someday this is oh, a sad I... thing to say this just but every time to... I start a new restaurant job sorry every time I start a new restaurant job I'm like this is the last one before I make it and then <laughs> I get have to do it like 10 more anyways yeah yeah. This is so random, but I'm 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 like 85% certain, and this is another friend's reference, that the restaurant that Monica works in, quote unquote, in like one of the early seasons where she's like a waitress as like at like this bad oh, yeah. like diner. The 50s one? Yeah, and they use a facade. I'm fairly certain it's this it's the facade of the one that Jonathan Larson worked at. But it's like <sighs> it was not a 50s diner. But that I don't remember if that's actually true, but 
<laughs> Comment below if it's not. But <laughs> I think Phoebe is a crossover character actually because she frequently talks about how she used to be homeless. And I'm wondering if she was like friends with like Angel and Mimi. I think she was. That's so true. I, that's what, I want to write fanfic now. <laughs> Phoebe Mimi fanfic. I wrote so much rent fanfiction as a child. I am still friends with a girl <laughs> who I met writing rent fanfiction in 2007. I used to write Glee fanfiction. Oh my god. I'm Just trying to think of if thing. I ever wrote Glee fanfiction. I remember my friend Amanda wrote Glee fanfiction. She wrote a fanfic of, from the from the perspective of Kurt like lusting after Finn and watching him walk down the hallway with <laughs> Rachel and being like he doesn't deserve her. And she posted it to okay. this message board that we were both on as children and I was like this is great. But I, I like wait. Rachel. I cannot wait to talk shit about every single character on Glee. Me too. I'm so when excited. We get to, when we get to that. We're doing so many Glee episodes, guys. <laughs> kind of, Adina, if Adina was like, you know what? If someone does a podcast about my career, I wonder what they'll choose. Like, she probably did not expect four whole, no. Yeah, four whole Glee episodes. She probably would expect that, uh, that impersonation of her. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a Dina Winsell. And I'm a Disney princess. <laughs> I'm practicing for Snatch Game. Did you <clears throat> know that she auditioned for Tangled? Really? As Rapunzel yeah, or the mom? Yeah, as Rapunzel, I think. I'm glad she's awesome. I can't do it. She could have been the mom, though. She could have. Yeah. But Donna Murphy Murphy is so good. Powerful. Sam and I used to perform that song a lot. Mother Knows Best, I remember. Yep. Just like it was yesterday. Sam and I have a very, like, mother, abusive mother-daughter relationship. (laughs) We do Tangled. We do Carrie. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all. That's it. One of these days, we one could, of the one we of could these do the days, ring, and I can push you into a well. <gasps> yes, that sounds good. <laughs> I used to live off of the ring. One of these days, we're gonna like do ketamine and watch Mommy Dearest. <laughs> so here in the Tony Awards, we give three <laughs> awards to each thing that we watch. The first of which is best prop. So, Gina, what was your best prop? Oh, best prop. My best prop is Alexi Darling because I think she's a prop. Because, like, I was like, what is her purpose really, though? Like, she just comes in, like, sings over the phone a little bit. And I'm like, like, what was her purpose? You know, she's kind of like a prop. So, yes. Well, Craig, yeah. what about you? Mm-hmm. My favorite prop is um, the the weird like cardboard door that they use in the beginning of happy new year a that he's just like the breaking back to the building party and then he just like holds up this like cardboard door with like a a chain a little chain on it for no reason (laughs) and then they proceed to just sort of like throw it away and not use it my best prop the door was very important to jonathan larson sorry (laughs) (laughs) they're like we can't cut this we can't uh, my best prop is candle wax because during light my candle, uh, Roger's like, your candle's dripping. 
And Mimi goes, I like it between my, and he goes, fingers, I figured. And I remember there being a thread on the IMDb message board when I was like 11. That was like, what do you think Mimi was about to say when she said that she liked candle wax between her? And there and there were a couple answers that were like, I think she meant her breasts. And then one of them said, I thought her she meant breasts. Yeah. And then there was one, which I think that that's what she meant. But then there was one that said she might be referring to her vaginal lips. <laughs> Never know. Wait, I've always thought it was legs. I've always thought it was legs. Oh, I've, I've I don't always know. always thought that, but I guess that doesn't make sense. I don't know. But I will always I'm, remember reading that thread and being like. This is another example of your middle school brain being like, this is what this means. And then it mm-hmm. stays there forever. And then you're like, oh, fuck. No. Yeah. What was your best prop, Jake? Oh, mine is Hicksville. Um, <laughs> Mark says you can take the girl out of Hicksville, but you can't take the Hicksville out of the girl the about girl. Maureen. Oh and I didn't know Hicksville was a town in Long Island. Yes, it for is. For 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I thought he was just calling her like Southern or something. Oh, that's funny. Um, so I related because my family's Southern. And then I found out it's, and it was like, oh, Adina is a Jewish woman from Long Island, it makes sense. Because with the version I saw on tour, they called her Jersey. You can take the girl out of Jersey. So oh. it's my best prop. The best, the, the next award is best Adina moment. So Craig, what was yours? So I have, I'm, I'm gonna say two. One of them is, um, the more basic one is when she goes to the stage in the original Broadway cast recording. But my other one, this weird tidbit, I'm fairly certain she doubled as one of the police people, the one of the policemen in Christmas Bells, because you can hear her, it, it's clear as a bell during the whole counterpoint section towards the end when she, um, they're singing um, White Christmas in uh, like in context with all these other songs. And you can hear her sing, just like the ones I used to know. And it's so clearly her voice. Um, so that that's is so real. One. Yeah, that is so true. I was just thinking about that. I, I listened that. to it earlier. What was your moment, Jake? Oh, mine is, I mean, obviously. Joanne was ready to stage. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gina? Um, I have two. I think like mooning the audience was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, very impactful but, for you. Right, yeah, it was so good. But then also leaving Mark for a woman. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Best, best moment. Truly. Yeah. I don't know if that's Adina, but it's the character. So, uh, my best Adina moment was when she imitates herself sucking from the cow's teat in Over the Moon because of another IMDb message board <laughs> revelation that I had as a child when somebody said, do you think that this is how she refers to the first time she ate out Joanne? And I was like, mm. damn, it's her lesbian awakening. Wow. <laughs> Me eating ice cream cake like. <gasps> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the next award is I a ate custom. <laughs> The next award is a custom award. It can go to anyone or anything. Uh, so what was yours, Craig? I'm going to say um, just 
the show itself and like best tool to radicalize you at 13. That's mm. real. Yeah. I always used to wonder as a kid when I was in like middle school, because by middle school, I had been a rent head since the fifth grade. And in middle school, I'd be like, who would I be if my mom had never spotted that cast recording of Rent in Target? And I asked my mom about this one time and she was like, well, I'm sure that you would have discovered theater because, you know, there's only so many things in the world. <laughs> All like aboard the gay star. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'd be the same person if, if in the year 2008, I had not had gotten rent DVD for my birthday, gone to see Spring Awakening in New York, and also Obama was elected. Like, let's be yeah. real. It's that also all happened in the same year. People talk about rent as a phenomenon because it is, but for me, it being the only person in my middle school who knew rent and by high school the only person who gave a fuck about rent and i know this for a fact because if there were any other rent heads i would have found them it felt very isolating and then when i found out that there was this whole community i felt very welcomed and i was like these are my people i'm gay you took the gay train <laughs> <laughs> took the midnight gay train going anywhere. gay train to santa fe Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um what was your custom award gina okay i wrote i like wrote down a bunch as i was Good. watching this movie because like i don't yeah i don't know which one is my bring them out choice. whip them out um best song to stroke out to like to have a stroke to oh I wait say, a stroke yeah like okay. best strong to like best song to like stroke out Jake and I thought that was very different. <laughs> <laughs> like to have a stroke like to give you a stroke i would say okay. one song glory because i don't like it's just a guitar boy and i, I don't know it just like you love just, that yeah like yeah. it evokes something in me um best best song to stroke it to stroke it contact. to contact obviously <laughs> there you go <laughs> i specifically did not have contact on my ipod in no. high school because one mustn't was, have a contact on there it was too sexual it was and one of the top ones i listened to for a really long time I really if spotify i existed in in 2007 you're like top song of the year contact i was too Listen scared to, I, I was I, afraid I, times. I learned the beat on piano it's not like a, an actual thing but i used to play it all the time because I had a synthesizer, so I would just like try and like approximate the sound. Anyway. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wait, yeah. more. If I had no life. Yeah, yeah. You oh yeah, do more. more. Um, best flaming piece of paper thrown from the fire escape. <laughs> I think that's Mimi's paper. Mimi's paper was like a really good uh, flaming piece. I of do paper. like in the movie when it shows her, you can hear her voice in the title song "Rent." I thought that yeah, that was a nice too. touch, and I don't, yeah. I don't but... think that it's on the cat on the movie soundtrack i think that they just do it for the movie i don't like how they cut um joanne from that though in the movie mm -hmm. i like Same. joanne's little phone booth moment but whatever could never be a theater person um best ass below, below 14th street that's kind of like a given though mm -hmm. um, <laughs> best makeshift drummer it's like angel you know like best, best makeshift drummer yeah um and i think the best lyric is pretty boy front man 
Yes, that was going to be your ass tattoo in college. Right. Yeah, I thought about getting that tattooed to my ass. Because yeah. it's just a crazy lyric. Pretty boy front man. What? What? Do you my have favorite. A, did you have... Yeah. Oh, wait, Jake, go. No, no, you go, Sam. I, I was going to say my favorite this. tattoo idea of yours, Gina, was in college when you wanted to get Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable kissing and your asshole would be the it's meeting like, of their lips. Yeah. The center. Yeah. I, I see I never followed through I don't have any ass tattoos right now but <laughs> I need to pick one at some point do you have your lip tattoo that went away right mm. or is it still visible at all fuck you wow you. I thought fuck off I thought it was supposed to go away in like a year well that's been like seven years a little bit of it is like you know it's a little fady yeah like- The guy told you that it would go away in a year, though. So it's pretty, it's lasted a long time. I know. I would (laughs) say. I just, I want to touch it up. And then when I went back, they were like, oh, we're not allowed to touch that up. And I was like, why? And they were like, you should go. If I was going to get, should we get rent tattoos, Sam? Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, you guys? Should we get Adina on a cow hopping over the moon and the moon is our asshole? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the moon is uh, your asshole. My Specifically cus- Adina herself. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Not Maureen, Adina. No, Adina Menzel and yeah, at the Oscars. Yeah. Screaming, yes. you let it go. <clears throat> my custom award was Sickest Burn. And it goes to a line from the New York Theater Workshop production that for some reason didn't make it into the Broadway version. It's when Mark calls Roger Mr. Negative because he's HIV positive. Oh, fuck. If you couldn't tell that this was written by a straight person in the 90s. <laughs> Iconic playwriting. I wish that I could write a line that good. Why didn't that register with me, like, ever? If, well, because it's, uh, it, it wasn't in the Broadway version. It was, like, before Broadway. Oh. It got cut, okay. like, mm. so quick. Thank okay. God. <laughs> imagine if it had been there the whole time (laughs) god well oh i didn't get my custom award oh fuck what is it no what is it (laughs) it's just gonna give best characters in a musical ever to joanne's parents um (laughs) for their iconic voicemail which sam do you want to do the whole thing or I'm good, but thank you. It's well, not Joanne, I, we're off. I tried you at the office. I don't want to do it. They said you're stage managing or something. No, we don't have to do it. it, it, it <laughs> Remind it her. Remind her that the unwed mothers in Harlem need her legal help, too. Well, Daisy, for our itinerary. Itinerary <laughs> or Alfred at Palmridge. Eileen <laughs> at the State Department in a pinch. I love that John Lawson was like, let's just throw out all these names, all these legal things. I love it. I and love Joanne's it. It's world wonderful. building. It's world the, building. The most iconic okay. world. The most iconic world building is how the show starts off with the givens, with Mark saying December twenty fourth, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We know exactly where we are. Which is deceptively incredibly difficult to sing. All the tune ups are really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just like ridiculous. Do we think it was a mistake to start the movie with seasons of love? Because I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know where else it would have gone though. The credits. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Weren't the credits like Love Heals, which is just a random other song that Jonathan Larson oh, wrote? We don't. We don't do a. Re- That's always never, just pandering for a potential Oscar I've never nomination. listened to Love Heals. I listened to it like once in ninth grade, and I was like, absolutely not. I liked it when I was a kid, but then I listened to it last year. And I think that I thought that it was batshit insane. I forget why, but I remember sending one line to Jake and Craig and being like, what is this? (laughs) I think that that is part of the strength of Jonathan Larson's writing, though, is that it creates this befuddlement in the audience that you can't get from anything that you also respect. Befuddlement. Mm Mm-hmm. That is what he would have done all these years. He would be showrunning the Powerpuff Girls reboot with Diablo Cody by now (laughs) if he hadn't died. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Exactly. He would have been showrunning this very podcast. He would have been a writer on United States of Terra. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He would have. All right, is that it? He would have done done Frozen. Like, it's eight o'clock. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we have to go. But. Uh, yeah, we don't... What rent song should we sing? Oh, do you guys have anything to plug? No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, before we... Before we end, I just want to say that Daphne Rubin Vega was nominated for a Tony for this, and she didn't win, and I think that that is when musical theater died. That is some hot tea. Daphne Rubin Vega is the superior Mimi, and I won't hear anyone that tries to tell me anything different. She She's is, so good. She is the iconic one and the best one. And everybody knows is that, that a warning. Everybody knows that the best musical theater singers are endlessly imitatable, which is what <laughs> she has. You don't need to be a good singer to make it on Broadway. You just need to be a singer that somebody can do an impression of. She was also Carol, an amazing Fontaine. Motherfucking Channing. Yes. Alice Ripley. Carol Channing as Mimi? Can you be, can imagine <laughs> Carol Channing as Mimi? <laughs> hello, Mimi. Well, hello. Take me out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to end it there. Hail Payman. Hail Payman. Hail Payman. No day but today. <laughs>